If you've ever wanted to meet the person behind the person, to hear the story behind the story, or just want to learn what makes successful people tick, how they navigate through the tough times, and how you can apply what they do to help in your journey, then stick around and join Global Change CEO turned mentor, Stu Hayes, as he asks questions just like these to our amazing guests each week on Careers Unplugged. If you feel being happy, committed, and passionate about your career is important, and if you're having a great Christmas day, you are absolutely in the right place. My name is Stuart Hayes, and welcome to Careers Unplugged, and once again, I have the pleasure of sharing the call with the wonderful Nicola Archer from Nicola Archer Communications. Happy Christmas, Stuart. Happy Christmas, Nick. (laughs) Now, for those of you that are at home freaking out, we're not actually recording this live on Christmas Day. It's a pre-record. Are you kidding me? (laughs) But we have got a very special gift for you today. In fact, um, we're going to be going through a handful of the very best lessons or insights that we've received through the show over the past year. Oh, that'll be good. Because I wasn't around, so I'll get to know what they well, are as you've well. You've actually been around it for more than you think, you know, Nick. So really? you, you came on board, I think, your episode around number 40, and we're now oh. at episode about 55. So are we really? You've wow. been in the family of okay. Careers Unplugged oh, for some thanks. time now. Happy Christmas. <laughs> Plus, you've hosted a couple of uh, episodes, and you've, yeah. you've been the, the driving force behind having us meet some amazing people. Oh, thanks. And some of my absolute all-time favourite episodes have actually been sitting in the seat next to you. Yeah, great. Yeah. Um, and we've learned a lot too, haven't we? Good people. Time? It's just this is fun. This is fun doing this program just to meet and get to hear people's stories and have their have their sort of chance to speak, but also really great chance for us to or me to just to listen and hear new things or be excited that I know someone so special. Really, it's 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 good well, to share that. Well, actually, let's just go out with that because let's go on with that i should say because actually that wasn't one of the points that i've listed but oh curiosity um for me is one of the reasons i do the show yeah uh, and i'm sensing based on your conversation that you're a fairly curious person as well oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> unless they're boring <laughs> yes i well yeah i do i do like to know about things i like to know why i think a certain way or why someone else thinks a certain way and in PR, you have to really look at how people think in general before you um, send messages out there to the people. So, yeah, it's good. It's good to know. Want to know? I, I get to know about scientists. I get to know different careers. That's why I'm still in this business, working with the media, because you are always, always learning about a, a profession and an industry you would never have had a clue about before, even from infectious diseases to. Um, you know, TV personalities and how they think to artists and designers. It's 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 fun. It's fun to ask more questions and learn more things. Well, I agree. Um, and with that in mind, let's let's talk about some of the people who and the, and the insights we've received from them um, that have really come about through having well having a couple of curious people being involved in a podcast. Yeah, great. So the first one. Um, really is around a word that sort of, for me, defines this era of, of life to some degree. Um, you know, we, we talk about, well, Marshall Thurber, in fact, talked about that, the, that competition is not the space the universe works in. Um, cooperation is. And the topic is, the first insight that I want to talk about now is collaboration, cooperation. Yeah. Um, a buzzword that everyone's using for the last five years, but yeah. I'd like you to really tell me what it means. Yeah, well, I don't look. Do I know what it means? I don't know, but this is probably one oh. that, um, where we can maybe get to the essence of it through the guests and, and our own experience. But 
You know, I, I think you're right. I mean, you know, people talk about cooperation, they talk about collaboration, and there is a sense of lip service to it. Mm. Um, but then you get to talk to someone like, um, you know, Joubert Rushikust. Yeah. And, you know, the guy started his career um, probably not in a collaborative, cooperative um, space. He was trying to get people into, um, you know, the, the world of Chadston, into the retail precincts. But what's evolved for him is an incredible drive to, um, to create spaces that allow people to connect and to collaborate. Yeah. Um, and I think what, what Gilbert is doing is absolutely extraordinary. He, he walks his talk, that's for sure. I mean, he creates communities and he is a, he is a big connector and, it's, and, and he goes, you know, it's all around the country basically, inviting people to experience that share and joy of collaborating and getting together and building a building or creating a space or I think it's also because he's from a, a Mauritian family. Mm. They're very tight and they all help each other. They're his okay. his mum's 88. Yeah. And, you know, the, the they have, a, I don't know, 100,000 relatives and they all <laughs> make sure that they all look after each other. I think that's that that so, joy of life so comes from take, there from take him. Take a leaf out of, uh, of Gilbert's book, um, Experience, I should say, perhaps. Uh, what, what do you reckon is the essence of collaboration? I think it's um, a whole lot of people getting together collectively thinking an idea is great and how they can all contribute to that idea. Mm. So it doesn't have to be just my way or the highway. It's about I've come up with this idea and then I've shared it with my team, my A-team or the people around me and they've said, yeah, we think that's great and we can add this bit to it. We can add that component and that thought and the, the idea grows. And I think collaboration is about that, about sharing an experience together and all being on the same page but also adding your differences to it, yeah. A collective voice that's, yeah. but 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 also has you know nuances of things being different inside of it. Yeah, look, I, I agree. I think um, you know, I mean, the list of guests who've talked about collaboration in different ways and from different angles is almost endless. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the things that jump out for me, I love uh, Peter Singer, the the author's perspective on it, which com- sort of comes out through dialogue versus discussion, which is in his book The Fifth Discipline, and he talks about, you know, discussion is that sort of table tennis of of um, people talking about something backwards and forwards until there's a winner, but mm. um, but. Sorry, that's discussion, but dialogue is that there is a deeper meaning that exists and the only way for us to access that is sort of through collaborating with each other, through being brave enough to hold out our own assumptions and, and challenge them and, and doing that in an area of, um, of, that's collegiate and friendly so that we can access the deeper collaborative outcomes rather than um, you know, having an agenda that's predetermined at the start. I, I really like that. Um, you know, I really loved Mick Brown, um, the CEO of the Asia Cup, and he talked about – he had a great quote that was one – I don't know who said it originally, but Mick, Mick uh, regaled it in, in our discussion with him. And he said, you know, you can ride a horse to conquer, but you must get off it to rule. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, you know, that's awesome actually. I mean, for me with a leadership background, I guess uh, it resonated in particular because I know that if you stay on your horse when you're trying to um, work with people, it just doesn't work. But if you get down – amongst them um, as an equal and you connect the sort of stuff that Gilbert is trying to do through the spaces he creates um, everything changes I think Marshall also talks about um, collaboration being what's the next 10 years or next century is all about basically 
yeah. you know, teamwork, not just being a success on your own. In fact, you won't be a success if you don't share and, and get other people on board with you to help you. Yep. I, uh, I totally agree with all that. Shall we get into the next yeah. one? So the next big insight from the year that we'd like to talk about today is actually purpose. Um, now, for me, I guess there's a lot of – there's two sides to this coin because there's people who uh, have talked about on the show, you know, the, the importance of clarity of purpose because there's a um, – it's it's like a, a manifesting type of angle, you know, trying to um, get outcomes because you've got absolute clarity of purpose. But the, the side that, that really resonated with me was actually um, more of perhaps the Simon Sinek perspective of the the power of why you know so the deep motivating um being element of purpose that something is so big and so massive that it drives not just you as a as a person but it drives a movement to follow you you know so and i as in why am i doing this but not as a question, but the, the the reason you get, you know. So so someone like Ian Wishart. Why are you doing this? Yeah, like like uh, Ian Wishart from Plan, um, you know, who had a a, um, a career that was that he felt was um, shallow, uh, and he was over in the UK, he was making money, and he got to a point where he said, you know what, I'm actually this is ridiculous, and he, he didn't feel aligned to his biggest truest self. Mm. So he decided to quit his highly paying job in London. And he made a promise that he wasn't going to um, work again until he had a job that was aligned to his values. And lo and behold, he ended up um, picking up a job with um, a very large global NGO. Uh, and he ended up rising to become a country manager for that organization in Laos. Um, and these days, he's the uh, the chief executive at Plan, which is another um, huge NGO. So, oh, they, What does Plan do? So Plan are a... Um, uh, child and, and female empowerment organization principally but they're sort of like a world vision um, type organization oh, but the i guess the the shingle they hang out is that they're regarded as the world's most transparent charity hmm. um, so what you do is you pick the charity you're going to send your money to or the project and it goes to that whereas in yeah, a lot great. of a lot of organizations it sort of leaks into administration um, and funnily enough it's the reason that i actually know plan in the first place because when i heard that I was so impressed, I actually said, well, crikey, you know. Um, and I, I was talking to the head of uh, corporate um, relationships for a plan at the time, and I said, well, if that's the way you guys work, I'm expecting you have a morale problem. <laughs> and she said, what are you talking what, about? And I said, that? well, if all the money is going to the projects, then you're not able to reinvest anything in the people. And I'm so glad you said that because when you even said that at the beginning about it, none of it goes on administration, a lot of you, – you need to have some money running the office – I mean, for God's sake, they're a Absolutely. business. You know, and and uh, and she said, you know, she looked at me and she sort of took a backward step and said, "What are you, an oracle or something?" And I <laughs> said, "No, look, I, you know, I, I have been a chief executive and specialised in change and turnaround, and I and my expertise was staff lifting, yeah, staff who were in the doldrums and had given up, and yeah, you know, I, I've just seen it too many times. But that that is a dynamic for them, and you know, part of what I then tried to do." this is going right off topic here, but with Stuart Hayes' leadership was to make a contribution to plan for their staff, you know, to, yeah, to right. get some positive support so they can continue to do what they do. Because you just get burnout otherwise. You can't just keep going out there making the world, rest of the world feel good and not n- nurturing the the well. Yeah, yeah. Who's On any level, and that's not just about money. That's, that's right. That's it's, right. 
It's about nurturing yourself, Stuart. Um, so you know th- this this whole theme though, and you, you see it you see it with Gilbert. We talk about Gilbert again. Yeah. Um, okay. You know Jim Black, who uh, Doctor Jim Black is a guy we we interviewed, who's a um, a global expert in in world health. So this is the the non sexy part of medicine. We're getting out there in Africa and inventing technologies to allow um, medical diagnosis to happen via analog mobile phones. These are not smartphones, wow, you know, great. stuff like that. Um, so that How did people you find that, him? that aren't doctors can actually be trained to diagnose someone because you're not you're not going to get a doctor in to see that person. No. But then the doctor can send um, the medical support the person needs. Stuff like that, you know, it was really awesome. But yeah, you know, the guy's really clever. He's the head of um, the Nasal Institute in Melbourne. Um or this one of the heads uh, who do that sort of stuff. Um, you know, he's been out in the coalface, worked in war zones. You know, and you don't do that sort of thing unless you have a you're really on purpose. massive purpose, exactly. Yeah. But do you think when you when you're on purpose that it has to be such a big? I mean, the, the, these guys that you're, you're mm. mentioning are, are global thinkers. Yeah. You know, do, do we really have to be everyone on purpose, having to reach a thousand million people? Look, I. I um, personally ask myself that question you know like is is what's my purpose in the world is uh am i supposed to be doing something that reaches out or am i supposed to be doing something on a domestic basis you know or both just being a father is being on purpose Stuart. yeah yeah it is and and it's one of my favorite (laughs) well just as well (laughs) i love it i think i think you'd be a bit cross about that otherwise yeah Yeah, absolutely yeah i've been grappling with that too you know i feel as though i'm on purpose but it changes and i don't think you have to have one script Hmm. and i also don't think it has to be global and reach millions of people, but I but I do think if you if you are on purpose, the ripple effect you have really can go f- move mountains. Yeah, because you're happy. And and uh, you know that sort of a, probably the reason we're both here, isn't it? To some degree, that I, I do I do feel that there is some part of this show that even that people from the feedback that they start to think and ask themselves questions about their lives that um, that help them and hopefully then help all of us. Oh, that's good. Would you benefit from a business coach or mentor who's the real deal? Or from a training program customized to fix real problems or help you and your team hit actual KPIs and performance targets? Stuart Hayes stepped away from his career as a global change CEO and committed to mentoring, coaching, and training a new generation of leaders, as well as anyone seeking positive impact through their business or career. Visit stuarthayesleadership.com now. Book a free one-hour strategy session with Stuart and learn how you can get the skills, training, and knowledge normally limited to selected staff within Tier 1 multinational organizations. Programs are available for every need and budget. So the next insight that I'd like to talk about today is actually um, the, the concept of combining what you love with what you're good at. Mm. So you know, you know, following your passion as everyone always, everyone always says, "Oh, you have got to follow your passion." I know, but what stuff, is it? Right? Yeah. But have you ever? I mean, at what age did you work out what you were passionate about enough to want to do? Absolutely no age. Yeah. Have you worked it out? No. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. I think that's. And it's almost a little bit like the purpose question. I, I think um, passion changes. Mm. Doesn't always. Is it, you might be passionate about dancing, but you know. 30 years later, you mightn't be. It might be something else or it might be five or ten things that you're passionate about or interested in. 
think it's a mix. Yeah, look, I, 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 I agree. I mean, I, I have to say that I was probably um, – my career had left clues for me that I had not uh, seen um, all the way through. And people say that, you know, that success yeah. – Hindsight's is, a powerful success thing, Success leaves breadcrumbs, you know. It leaves mm. patterns. Um, but, you know, one of the, one of the best uh, perspectives on this that I've heard on the show was a guy called Andrew Laidlaw – uh, and Andrew is the head um, landscape designer at the Oh, yeah, Botanic he's fantastic. Gardens, right? Plus yeah, he's yeah. on ABC. Awesome guy, you know. Mm. And, and well, he's out in nature every day. I mean, yeah, that's that's I mean, a drug. Talk about being connected, mm. you know. And, and him, well, his perspective was that, you know, you've got to find a spark of interest in something, um, something that just it doesn't have to be the greatest passion, but just find something that you're curious about, that you're interested in, that you like even, mm. And just put it out there, you know. And what he means by put it out there is just start doing it, you know. Start a little bit more following it. Just start giving it effort and hobbies and do that too. It. I mean, people hobbies can charge up someone's life. I find that when you find you're passionate about something, time stops. Yeah. Like when I paint, like I'm not going to be a painter for the for my life. It's something that I do on the side, but it gives me total pleasure. And I I don't know don't know where time has gone. And I know mm. that I. It helps. It helps me become better at other things that I do. Yeah, making soup for some people is one of those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> What's your? One? I like eating soup. Yeah. <laughs> but again, you know, the, the the number of people that have talked about this sort of from different perspectives has, has really been quite amazing. Michael Brown again, the the Asian Cup guy. Um, you know what he talked about was you know get out there and start talking to people if you've got a passion or an interest in something, and you think that it might be a direction you'd like to work in or, um, or build a business in, just start having conversations. And if you can't find something out of those, then go and volunteer in an organisation to be involved in that space. Yeah, that's a good idea. And he said, you know, in, and, and Mick mix, um, uh, got was a, that episode, in fact, was had a bunch of really good practical um, he sounds. He sounds really interesting. Yeah, great guy too, actually. Really yeah. good guy. Um, what was your bre- – you talked about um, leaving breadcrumbs – of, of success, what were they? For me? Yeah. Um, well, way back in 96, I did train the trainer for the first time when I was uh, working in the big, the big advisory world at KPMG. Uh, and I created a training program that year that I went and had the pleasure of delivering um, to, you know, different KPMG offices around Australia. And I thought, my God, this is absolutely so much fun. Yeah. You know, and I, I loved it. But I, I sat back and thought, and I looked at the people in the training part of KPMG, and they were lovely people, great, engaging, funny. But I thought they're just not going to earn enough money, you know. And I was twenty six, and I thought, no, my, my career isn't here. You know, this is not a real career for me. This might be something that later in life um, that I could do. And I and I recall uh, probably even younger than that, um, watching incredible speakers on the stage and thinking, wow, man, I'd love to be able to to get up there and touch people and help them be their best the way these people are um and i figured you know but i've really got to just go and get some credibility first you know and and so all the way through and all the way through my career as a ceo i ran training courses for the staff anyone that wanted my job as the ceo i'd actually i'd come in early and help them learn the skills they needed to take my job that was my starting point so you're a natural teacher stuart well, I think, you know, we shared this with David Parkin the other day, actually, that, that um, leading and teaching go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you are not a leader if you're not teaching. And then we get back to that sharing. 
Collaboration. Collaboration, exactly. Mm. Yeah. And being on purpose. Well, and you know, being so, on purpose. So it's all yeah. kind of, isn't it fun how all the yeah, ingredients come together? Yeah. I was just thinking about, okay, well, one of my passions is watching movies. Like, seriously, I could <laughs> back to back Game of Thrones, I, you know, oh, House fantastic. of Cards. I will set aside a weekend just to, to, to get them all in one hit. Yep. Um, there will be a job for me doing something like that very soon. I'm sure of it because it, like, I'm totally into it. But I'm into other things as well. So I'm just – I'm watching – I'll have to just maybe go and hang out, maybe get to the Oscars. I've oh, always the Oscars, yeah. Look, I love the movies too. It's, um, it is – it's just escapism in the best form for me. Brilliant. It's, it's totally brilliant. <laughs> so let's, so what's keep, another let's one? keep going through our list. Uh, this is a really cool one actually. This is um, – the next insight is the concept of setting goals but releasing the outcome. Mm. So you know, this was this was something that um, had a, a slight non-compute for me. It would have. I mean, if I'd gone back a decade, I would not have gotten this at all because I was very much a person who would would write lists, who would um, set my targets for the week, for the day. You know, and I'd chop things off the list and you know, and continuously prioritize and and move forward. Right, and mm-hmm. I'd set every year on Ran News. I'd set my um, my targets for the year and I'd set my five-year targets and all that sort of stuff. God. Um, but the concept of having goals but then releasing the outcome was something that, that really for me has only been uh, a more recent realisation in the last few years to be honest. Um, and I think that Marshall Thurber in, his, in our interview with him um, really explains it really well. And he talks about the concept of procession, which is that, you know, you have a higher purpose that often you don't know. So, for mm. example, he uses the example of a honeybee. Uh, and a honeybee thinks its goal in life is to go and extract um, nectar from flowers and bring it back for the baby bees, right? Yep. Um, but actually there is a higher purpose that's happening that's that's sort of 90 degrees to that, which actually – sustains life on the planet for for so many species including humans you know there's that that ripple effect again exactly you know so uh, and and what marshall talks about um in terms of releasing goals is that it's really really important to set goals so you get moving but then you should be aware of your feeling and navigate by feeling because if you lock onto the goal too much then you get in marshall's words the booby prize um, you'll get what you've set as the goal. Whereas if you use the goal to get started, to get moving, but then start to use your feeling to navigate, where you'll end up is somewhere else. So, where so you're on are, are you really saying, or I don't know what you're saying, and it's real, but are you, is it about not having your goal set in cement so that they're yeah, flexible? Yeah. So, so, for example, I want to own a ha- home by the end of the year or whatever. I, that's that's sort of my end goal, but also at the same time, if things deter me from the path but take me sort of to that place, I'm doing the right thing. Is that what you mean? I think that's part of it. Um, and certainly not setting goals in cement is really important, um, that you you set the goal and then you start moving towards it, right? But by opening yourself to navigate to other things that become on the way across your path – you'll probably find that over time you end up um, in a place that was wonderfully better than your original goal that you would never have thought of. For um, example, I'm going to get this house and yeah. then I end up sort of – I do all the things, saving the money, doing this, looking at real estate, bloody, bloody, blah. I'm really open and excited about it. However, I get offered a trip to live in America yeah. 
and all of a sudden someone says, when we've paid for the house for you, (laughs) 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 it's yours, but come and do the job over here. I'd be like, yeah, okay, so if I was sentenced to men, I'd still be in Australia with the house that I had in mind. Is that what you mean? But like that, and and in effect, Talk, you talking now reminds me of our interview with you and mm. the the countless situations from your story um, where that was precisely the, the situation. You sort of – things unfolded naturally, and, yeah. but you kept moving, right? I did. You, you kept when, – when an opportunity came – Andrew Laidlaw says the same thing. Mm. You know, find the spark, Go put it out it. there. Challenges and opportunities will continuously pop up. Yeah. Um, you know, Blair Singer talks about following the little pats on your back. That's that, so that nice. I've got to. I've got to do a bit more of that. I think sometimes these things can happen so quickly that you you don't sort of realise that you're getting nudged. Yeah. Gently here and there. Exactly, as well. and th- yeah. and that actually brings up a whole separate discussion point, which which um, we, maybe we should talk about another time. But when you when you're hitting resistance and things are getting hard, yeah, is that evidence that you should be turning that you're being turned? Or is that actually that you've just got to plough through something tough? And you're getting you know? to another level, yeah. And, you know, you know, and I asked that question to Marshall and he said, well, actually, you know, you'll get uh, little bits of light, if was the, was the phrase he used. Or, or Blair oh, talked nice about expression. little pats on the back that will that let you know, yes, you're going in the right direction, you know. So who was Blair? So Blair Singer, um, a, Marshall Thurber calls him his original Jedi. Um, Blair was a, a guy who had a business in um, um, Hawaii back in the day, was best friends with Robert Kiyosaki, the rich dad, poor dad yep. author, um, and became the first trainer and teacher of Marshall Thurber's work. So oh, wow. we spent a lot of time with Bucky Fuller and on all those sort of characters. Um, and these days Blair is regarded as probably the the single greatest presentation skills facilitation teacher in the world gee that's a big you know so he's the guy that has taught and polished um the performances of of tony heads of state all types of people yeah Yeah. um and in fact when i decided to head back into the training space uh and i'd set the mission you know as a ceo i take a very pragmatic view as you might have guessed in some ways so my my thinking was you know if someone if ever any of my staff came to me and said, can I do this training course, I'd want to know the business case. Um, so I thought, well, if I'm going to go and enter the, the training world myself as a, tra- a teacher and trainer, um, I want to know that I can improve someone across a weekend. So if they left work on Friday at 5 o'clock and went back to work on Monday at 9 o'clock, that they would be measurably better for having spent a weekend doing something That's all right. How do, you, how do you measure that? Uh, well, that's what I do in my training programs. Okay. Um, so what I went and learned from Blair was how to teach and train people in a very intense period in a way that would achieve some sustainable some impact. Outcomes. Exactly. So he he's right into accelerated um, learning techniques, things like that. Okay. So, Who's another goodie that you interviewed? Well, so many goodies we interviewed. Um, what's another? What's but another I'd like key? to talk about. Let's talk about one more insight. Um, that's sort of related to the one we just talked about, actually, and that's the concept of following your heart or following your feeling. Mm. Um, and the reason I say it's sort of related to the last one is that, you know, as Marshall said, you know, you use the goal to get moving, but you've got to navigate in some way. And what he talked about was follow your feeling to navigate. And, uh, you know, the, the famous… Um, following your bliss. Following your bliss, following the little the light, the, the little pats on your back, yeah. uh, all these types of things. Um, you know, Cindy Wigglesworth 
who's a spiritual intelligence author. Um, I really loved her perspective on this, actually, in terms of a practical way. Because a lot of people say to me, oh, yeah, I just sort of felt this or I felt that. You know? Yeah. Um, but, but she actually had a really good practical way of doing it. Oh. And what she does is when she's got a really big decision, um, she uses her brain to work out what the options are. Yep. And she writes them down. Yep. And then she says, right, tomorrow morning when I wake up, I'm going to pretend that I've already decided option one. And then for the whole day, she lives the day as though she had chosen option one. Oh, so she one. acts as if. Yeah. Right. And she just, she just becomes aware of how she feels. And she says, you know, her words, you know, your body is like a tuning fork. And in, in every single cell, you can sort of feel whether or not this was the right decision. And then she sustains it for the whole day so that it, it has a, a proper chance to, to be assessed, if you like. Yeah. And then the next day she gets up and she goes, right, option two. Next day, option three. And, and then she, and she simply chooses which one. So that's practical answer. and, yeah, that's, in, yeah, that's an quite in, cool, huh? a really interesting way to do it. Um, a really quick way to do something if you're toying between two ideas that both seem pretty good <laughs> is toss a coin. You say heads for that one, tails for the other. And if you, you know, turn over heads and suddenly get this, oh, I was hoping it was going to be tails, you know. Yes, well, that's good. <laughs> the too. other option was a good one. But I, I think actually going through the whole process in a day is, that's fascinating but also very practical and real. You know, I'm sure there are good, there are good you know, you would get some really substantial feelings throughout the day and also thoughts and insights. And if you fault, you know, the guidance, your guidance system is basically what we're talking about. Yeah. You're just tuning that into a stronger yeah. Yeah. fork. Yeah. And, you know. And there's no such thing as a wrong decision anyway. I mean, if you do the other one, you've done it and yeah, move and, on. Yeah, and that's actually a really good point. I mean, so Ross Wilson, um, former, you know, rock legend. Mondo Rock. Was possibly he? not former. He's still, yeah. uh, he's still out there um, up on stage. So, you know, Daddy Cool, lead singer, number one album of all time in Australia. Um, everyone's going, hey, um, make another album. He quits the band. Oh. Um, everyone's like, well, you're crazy. You're going to make a fortune doing this. And, you know, five years later or three years later, he's at a gig at Melbourne University, sees this bunch of punks up on the stage, thinks they're pretty cool, walks up, and they're like, wow, you know, it's Ross Wilson. And he says, hey, uh, you guys, um, I reckon you're pretty cool. Would you like me to produce you? It's the Skyhooks. Really? Right? Yeah. So I he produces all their music and oh. then decides bang and quits at a time when everyone's like, what are you doing? This, this is a gold mine, right? A couple of years later, he starts Mondo Rock, smashes it out of the park with the first album. Um, second album doesn't go so well, quits the band, right? I asked him the question. I said, you know, let's talk about the dark times in your career, Ross. And, and Ross is a pretty talkative bloke. And suddenly he goes quiet. He says... Actually, I haven't really had any dark times, and, and I said, "Well, you know, how could you know? What have you done?" Like, he said, "Well, I followed my heart the whole way through." He said, mm. "The reason I quit, everyone was saying I was crazy when I quit right. the, the band. The first Daddy yeah. Cool was because my heart said quit. Yeah. The reason I went up to the Skyhooks on the stage was because my heart said to. I quit because my heart said to. I started Mondo Rock because my heart said to. The only time I didn't was my heart said stop Mondo Rock after the first album. I didn't. It tanked." And he said, then I remembered, oh, yeah, follow your heart. Yeah. Bang. And he said, my life has just been like that. Wow. Um, and there's been a few people that have, that have had that. I, I have what does say, he do now? Well, he's recording uh, more innovative uh, music these days. Yeah, great. I think he's got more albums that he's hoping 
Do they even call them albums anymore? Probably no, but you know, musicians anymore. are well. They're they're people who channel quite yeah. often, and artists. I think they're you know that's they're they're living their dream, and I think. But you can also be a scientist and doing that as well. Yes, you can. Following your heart yeah, as you well as your head, if you can, if you I can. I mean, make we're that work. being given a heart for a reason. That's my view, mm. uh, and I certainly, you know, my navigational method is is through my heart. I can feel, I feel that, you know, things that work or don't work for me. It's it's like looking at black and white, and uh, it, you know, it's a beautiful way to go. I certainly did not do that when I started off my career. Um, I don't think any of us are taught to do a lot that really. Smoother when I started to do it. Mm. I, I I think that you know we we go through such. I, I think we have so many different brains inside of us, inside <laughs> yeah. our heart and inside yeah. our brain, yeah. and our physical body is also another guidance system as well. So it's it you know it's it's no wonder we're all still asking questions about this and asking other people to help us because it's not that easy. No, it's not. Even no. though you say follow your heart and all this magic happens and probably true, but I think also it, it is about dealing with all the other life complications that that get flung your way as well while all this is happening. Yeah, and they're all facilities, aren't they, to, to sort it's of exciting. trust and, and explore. Nick, we've, uh, we've had a great little chat today. Mm-hmm. Um, happy Christmas to you. You too. Um, well, it's Happy New Year really. Yeah, it is. 2015. It's the whole thing. A big year, 2015. Very exciting. Yes, yep. I, I feel uh, great things are looming. I, um, who knows what they are? I'll, I'll keep moving forward with goals loosely and follow my feeling and see where I end up. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll be here to listen to what's going on. Yeah. And to everyone who is at home, in the car or wherever you are, whether it's Christmas Day or you're sitting back on the beach somewhere on Boxing Day or even at the cricket, we hope that you have an outstanding Christmas New Year period. We hope that you have a fabulously successful 2015. And make a point of jumping onto careersunplugged.com or Facebook forward slash careersunplugged. Leave a comment. Post a comment, in fact. Not leave a comment, but post a comment. Uh, let us know what your thoughts are on all these topics. And we look forward to talking to you again in the new year. This has been Careers Unplugged with Nicola Archer and Stuart Hayes. Happy